Four finger discount, dude. Hey guys, Dano and Guy here for Four Finger Discount and today we are lucky to be joined by a member of Australia's most cromulent band. They're currently in the middle of their Miracle Mile national tour, which includes gigs this Friday, June 17th in Adelaide at Unibar Saturday. A free show at Shot Kickers in Melbourne and ending this Sunday night, June 19th at the Bowen Club in Geelong. They are of course Dr. Colossus and we are joined right now by Jono. Jono, thanks for joining us mate, how's things? Yeah, very good, how are you gentlemen? Yeah, going pretty good. You're waiting for a bed, you tell us. There's a bed on order. Uh, it's not a race car bed, but it Damn. is a... Uh... Damn it, you stole my joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the thing about um, yeah, conversing with any of us is that we're constantly stealing each other's jokes, I guess. So I, I apologize if that happens. But no, it's just a regular sofa bed so that our guitarist has somewhere to sleep on Saturday when he comes up to uh, stay in Melbourne. Bought or you've rented a bed? You've bought a bed just for the occasion. I, I, we've wanted one for a while in the spare room, but um, you know, when you've got a touring band, yeah, yeah, that that kind of puts some things to the top of the priority list mm. um, in our household. So yeah, that's that's the reason we pulled the trigger on it. How's um how's the tour going? How was Perth? Was it good? It was good. Yeah. So we did. Um, it's a pretty relaxed setup, but we did a weekend on, and we had last weekend off just to catch our breath. But first weekend we did. Brisbane, Sydney, and Perth, mm. one after the other. Yeah, they're all really good. Perth was surprisingly good because we haven't had the chance to get back over there in five or six years. Yeah, that's crazy. What was it like playing like a gig, like playing like a string of gigs? Is this the first time since the pandemic you've done that? It's the first time we've played out of the state. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 The last time was with uh, Oakley Doakley. Oh, that would have been so much fun. <laughs> Flanders band. So. <laughs> But we never got to Perth, so it was the first time in Perth for Yonks, yeah. And it was it was um, just like riding a bike. It was good. Well, well, like our listeners would be wondering, okay, so you say you're a Simpsons-themed band. Tell us, mm. like, what does a Simpsons fan get? What's the experience at a Dr. Colossus gig? I guess the, the, the premise, first of all, is that we're a band. So we're a, we're a metal band or, a, or a, a stoner rock doom band. So the aim of the game always from the start was that if you – hadn't heard if you came to a gig of ours and you you didn't know we were a Simpsons themed doom band um, or a Simpsons themed band you might still enjoy the night regardless but if you did if you did pick up on the references going on and you yeah. were schooled on older seasons of Simpsons um, primarily one to 10 10 or yeah. mm-hmm. we'll push 14 or 15 sometimes yeah. but like um, it's it, the idea was that it would be like a sort of almost like a hidden gem, like a bit more um, an Easter egg, an Easter egg for those that that know it, and and maybe it would embiggen them even more to us. <laughs> but I guess as time's gone on, the bluntness of the Simpsons references have become a little bit more profound, and we've we've we haven't shrouded it as much as time's gone on. Do you have the stonecutters robes? So yeah, we wear the stonecutters robes, which is a bit of a giveaway. Um, <laughs> And we often have a ceremony um, at the start of each performance mm. um, where we'll, we'll come in from the, the back of the room and we'll, we'll walk through the people and, and, and we might pass some blessings on some. <laughs> but one day maybe we'll do some, um, some sort of hazing rituals. You need to get the paddle out, yeah. Show. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. 
now, now, Jono, as inspiration or as a muse, is The Simpsons the gift that kind of keeps on giving? I mean, are you, you constantly finding either new material or new sort of twists or swerves on material that you yeah. can then, you know, filter through your own creativity? Yeah, it's a good question. I reckon it's it's pretty like any creative output, I reckon, thrives with limitations. So mm. if, if you go tell someone to write a song, it's a bit of a harder brief to hit than write a song based on this thing. Yeah. So I guess going back and watching episodes of The Simpsons gives you a lot of these little triggers of like, It'd be a classic to get a song out of this situation or or this character. Like how can yeah, how can we kind of how can we bring a song to this bar we want to hit? Um so if anything, it just gives you a bit more direction. What's the most obscure moment from The Simpsons you've written a song about or that's inspired you to potentially write a song? Ooh. The most obscure. I guess it's more like obscure. They're not necessarily obscure from a societal point of view, because a lot of the stuff we will tend to reference ends up becoming quite referenced in meme formats. Yep, yep, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess like um, It's Still Good was a song we wrote about yeah. the, um, you know, the the pig flying off the off the barbecue oh, spit. Of course. And, yeah, yeah. and just that, that exchange, which is quite, um, you know, it, it's an obscure thing to write a song about, but in the world of those who love The Simpsons, it's not. It's it's actually not that obscure. No, not at and all. The obs- no. And the obscure. I find the obscurities in The Simpsons tend to be the things that a lot of us remember. They're the things that stick in in our head. So, yeah, yeah it's um. I kind of I, we lean into we lean into that. I guess. Do you sort of go into the Simpsons fan groups on Facebook for inspiration? What are people interested in? I, I look for the inspiration. I think the inspiration from me when I, there's a couple of guys writing in the band now, but. The inspiration for me generally comes from watching the episode and feeling something because it, the, the episodes as as comically rooted as they are, they're also some of them are quite. They have moments of heartbreak and and moments of real human mm. feeling, and I think those are where good songs come from. That you know, when you can connect with a listener on a on a sort of on an emotion of something, and then lighten it with the humor, so. I think that I don't necessarily look for inspiration on the meme side. So I look for validation that I'm not insane, that there's like <laughs> millions of other people that are kind of wired to think about everything, including like Australian politics in terms of Simpsons referencing. It's crazy how we just we apply the Simpsons to every aspect of our lives, don't we? And it's so so much so that it's kind of even even people who aren't Simpsons fans will share those 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 meme formats are starting to become yeah. so understood yeah. that you don't actually have to have seen the episode. You can sort of still get the gist of what's happening. What's your favorite era of the show? See, I'm, I'm I think from when I grew up, I think season seven ish was my favorite mm. era of the Simpsons. What about yourself? Yeah, I reckon probably similar. Um, there's the earnestness of the early seasons, which I I still kind of like. I actually I actually didn't quite I didn't really like the first few seasons for a while, and mm-hmm. I've gone back and and with the help of four figure discount, obviously, just to, <laughs> to to kind of retract some of that stuff with new adult eyes. I think it's sort of like the earnestness of the start, um, but the gags aren't there. The gags kind of get pretty rapid fire in the middle. And then in that your era that you're talking about, probably like six through to eight, seven probably being the most pertinent. 
where there's like the combination of the two. The, the writers, yep. there's a self-awareness of the writers. All the characters are, are well, well and truly established and they reference their own, like the, the characters are so well established that they can they can do stupid stuff with them. But yeah. the audience doesn't go, oh, okay, they're trying to rewrite a character. They're just playing with their own show here. They're having fun. And it that like, yeah, they're the ones where you go back and you watch an episode like five times and still keep picking up. Bam, 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 just <laughs> absolutely falling out of it. Jono, is the show and the universe that The Simpsons has created is it compatible with your style of music? Well, clearly it is, but I mean, did you find that the two actually mesh together quite well? I mean, you meant, it, forgive me, I'm, I'm, I'm a yacht rocker kind of guy. Yeah, so. nice. <laughs> but um, you, I've got an album for you later that I'll send through. <laughs> oh, please do. Uh, but did do yeah? Does doom metal, stoner, stoner rock, does it mesh well with the Simpsons? I mean, are they two great tastes that taste great together? Or uh, yeah, do you have to work on it. It's a little bit Vegemite chocolatey kind of setup. Like it's, um, it's one of those things where you wouldn't think it would um, necessarily. But then the more you try it, the more you realise there's links all the way through. And there are, like, there is references to metal or rock bands or, like, even Otto, um, who who is kind of, like, the epitome of, of like, what character the, our band would be. Yeah, okay. um, Then it's sort of, like, there's a, few, there's a few cues there, but... I think it's one of those things that you just put together that the alt the stupid combination has to happen first, and then you'll always find ways to make it work. Um, I, I kind of think that with anything. Do you get the reference to the show first before you write a song, or do you write the music and go that moment will apply to that? I often write the reference first. So um, our bass player Mike might write. He'll write. He'll have a riff library, and then he'll often the riffs will make him feel a certain way that he'll find bits of episodes that had that sort of resonance. I tend to just watch a show through, watch an episode through and a line will jump out like out of the script that sounds musical to me. It sounds like a chorus or it sounds like the way it's phrased sounds instantly like it's already sort of half being written and I'll write music to it. Have there been any situations where it's like, I love this line, I'd love to be able to work with it, but I can't quite make it. Well, I mean, for some reason, what left in my head this thing was like, I'd love to do a song starting with, I'm tired of these jokes about my giant hand. Yeah. I reckon there's always a way. There's always yeah. a way. But um, I feel like the door will be, the easiest doors to open are the ones you should go through first and just right. let the other ones sit, like write them down and and one day they'll work and then one day it'll be, it'll be easy. But I don't tend to labour it too much. And sure. the whole point of the band from the start was just to take the piss. So mm-hmm. as soon as we start labouring on this thing, it's yeah. it's lost its it's lost its point. <laughs> so you're saying you, you, you created it with the idea of taking the piss. That would have mm-hmm. been an element to it, but it's also got to be the element of going, well, everyone's a Simpsons fan. This has to work, right? Not, not- or there are, there are enough Simpsons fans yeah. that it would work. Yeah, yeah, after a while, yes. But to be honest, when we first started it, Nath... Johnson, who's a Geelong boy who was the original drummer and original starting member with me. When we created the idea, it was just, it was actually just to send to other bands that we knew as a joke, that we knew like The Simpsons, um, but we weren't going to actually play gigs or or do anything kind of outside of our own little kind of joke circle. 
And it's only been like, it, it was only when we started that, we, that people were like, oh, what a great idea. Like you obviously knew that <laughs> there's there's a ton of people that are like old stoners at home that listen to like <laughs> metal and, and still watch The Simpsons. And we're like, well... Yeah, of course, but there wasn't it wasn't a planned thing. But now, of course, we're trying to exploit it. And, <laughs> and 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 sadly, Nath that I mentioned before passed away in uh, 2017. So he was kind of around for the shift of gear of of us mm. sort of taking it from joke form to how do we go and play gigs. And um, yeah, sadly, he kind of departed after after that gear shift happened. I'm sure he's watching down. Alongside God, uh, yeah, popcorn and chicken. I, I'm sure he thinks the whole thing is a bit a bit stupid. Really. <laughs> well, John, I, I, know, I know you've got a bed coming, so we will wrap this up soon. But Guy, you had a question before we wanted. Yeah, John, I know we're on Dr. Colossus's dime, so we don't want to be sort of name checking <laughs> other bands here. But I would hope that it would be some kind of Beatles Stone style rivalry uh, between you and Oakley Doakley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was it like going on tour with them? Was it was it competing, or um, or was it complimentary? Early on in the early on in the piece, we were, and I think it was when we were trying to take things seriously, that they exploded out of nowhere with a single image and a meme yep. format and a, across everywhere. And we were kind of originally we were just like, oh, like fuck. All we needed to do was just wear some costumes <laughs> and 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 just put a put an image of ourselves up as as a meme, maybe a little bit more memeable, like Ned, Ned Flanders is a bit more specific. Mm. So originally there was this kind of like, God damn, these a-holes just absolutely like ripping the carpet from under us. But um, I had the chance to meet them when I went over to the States at one point. And um, I caught up with them for dinner and got along with them all really well. And um, we just sort of ended up staying in contact. So they were impossible to hate, when, as particularly when... <laughs> like Flanders. Yeah. And when they came over, they put on a great show and, and uh, were more, um, they were more focused on almost like specifically on setting up visual gags on stage there okay. was there were they were sort of working with um just a different approach um the deflated demon balloon and on top of the stage like spinal tap no that that's still in there, our bag of tricks if we want to use it um <laughs> our half inflated dark lord yeah, yeah. um well no but uh yeah it, it actually worked out to be perfect marriage um they're sort of um a little bit more kind of steeped in they got some keys and some synths and stuff, and it's a, a slightly different take on things. Yeah. There's an innocence to it. We're a little bit more kind of um, steeped in the sort of doomy stoner rock shtick. So, yeah, we, it was a, it was a perfect marriage. Plus, this is your territory, Australia. You own Australia. They can own the States. It doesn't matter about the States. You own Australia. That's all that matters, right? That's it. The States yeah. is tiny. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> they can have it. Who yeah, needs um, it? Who needs the yeah, States? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very niche market. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> What are you guys doing after the tour? Are you working on a new album or? Yeah, we're, we're always working on new stuff bit by bit. So we will just piece together some ideas that continue always. So yeah, we'll work on a new album and then towards, I think probably towards the start of next year, we'll venture a little bit further afar, a f- further abroad as well. Do you find it easier now? Because I haven't, I haven't interviewed a band member for a long time. Is it easier now to record an album because I just feel like it would cost so much more money and very time consuming now or is it just easy to just put them all out online so your fans can access them and then when you go to a gig everyone knows the music 
it's a totally different approach. Different bands have different approaches. And if you're looking at it like, you know, genre sense, it depends what your audience generally likes. I think our audience likes albums. Do you do vinyl pressings? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah that's the way. And for us, the doing working in a vinyl world makes a lot more sense yep. and, and actually allowed us to chart when we released our album on the RA charts, which we never would have expected possible. Mm. In top in top 20 which if we were releasing digitally the way that the charts work it just would never have eventuated i don't even understand how the charts work anymore uh, so things are weighted and if you can sell physical weight like physical vinyl or physical cds they're weighted higher than a stream or a okay. download yep. so for some artists it works really well to just release albums because People are used to listening to that format if they listen to bands of the past or, or yacht rock of the past, perhaps. Um, <laughs> but for other artists, like um, I know if, there's a few artists like Peking Duck, an electronic yeah. Oh, yeah. artists band. They've never released an album. They've mm. been around for like, I don't know, 15, 10 years. They only ever release singles. And those singles just get picked up on Triple J, move into a rotation. Mm. People remix them. It just it seems to work well for some electronic artists to just stick to singles, but I think it's um, there's no rules at the moment, um, and we record the album ourselves, so the the input is we can take as long as we want, yeah. we can yeah. we can spend what we want on gear or when you put an album together, is there like a story you're telling with the album, or is it just track by track by track? I think we're trying to tell stories with the songs, individual songs. Yeah, a song, I think a song should have a start, a fin- middle, and an end as well. And then I think that the way you present them to the audience should have a, a flow as well. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's boring, boring technical sides of stuff, but even yeah. releasing albums on vinyl changes the way that flow works. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to stop midway through a record and flip it over. Yep. Then you, you almost have like a intermission, a, a crescendo and then an intermission. Oh. And then you come back, you start low again, you, you bring it back and you finish with a sort of, you know, the main. Yeah idea of the performance and so yeah albums digitally that's changed too you generally have waited at the front of an album you'll have all your big smack hits and then you kind of go off into some obscurities of your sounds towards the end but before you go give us a little sneak peek what simpsons moments are you working on at the moment for songs (laughs) um or is is there an endless amount we always flirt with gil um, yeah. but <laughs> like, he's, like, he's, he's the best post golden era character, don't you reckon, Gil? I, I just I think so, and I think any character of and I've always sort of said this, but any character that is represents the sort of pathetic side of humanity or a or a failed some sort of failure, we can relate to it. <laughs> that's a rich area that we all relate to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think as as a band, I think that that that's where we're at. So we re- yeah we released a. A piece of merch a while ago that was uh, Metallica's Kill 'Em All design <laughs> that, that just had Kill 'Em All, and the, <laughs> rather than a blood splatter, it was like a graph chart just dropping down <laughs> on the front. It would be it would be good to actually bring Gil into some into a piece of music. We haven't done that yet, so. Do you encourage people to dress up when they come to your gigs? Uh, I encourage people. We encourage people to do the thing that makes them most comfortable at any gig. That sounds like a very (laughs) postmodern thing to say. Um, 
I honestly, I honestly just want people to come to shows and and yeah. feel comfortable, safe, and and enjoy themselves in whatever way that is. And it and it has meant that people have come dressed up, which is great. That we had a gentleman, you know, tie an onion to his belt at um, the Brisbane show, and um, he reminded us that he'd also dressed up as Flanders's beatnik dad when he came to the uh, Oakley Doakley show. So oh. There is some, there is some really nice um, moments of like I see you in the crowd, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, and they'll often walk in nodding and sort of look over and be dressed, <laughs> you know, in something quite, um, yeah, the style of the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you find it hard sometimes to sell the idea of doom metal to people? Yeah, and I think we've stopped really. Like, um, I, as much as I, I sort of keep using the word doom i think that only really even refers to sort of like the tone of some of our musical sound nowadays we're a rock band yeah, um, okay. and and i think that it, it's probably more accurate to just say we're a, we're a metal band okay, um okay. i think simpsons metal band just sounds so much more appealing to a commoner done. than simpsons doom metal done yeah, I, 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 I think you're right. And um, originally, I think we probably were only trying to preach to the metal converted and be more specific. But yeah. you're right. If we're shooting for the US market. <laughs> that niche market up there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jono, have you, have, um, has anyone from Simpsons HQ been in touch with you guys? Or have you sort of reached out a hand to uh, Simpsons HQ saying? No, we um, we have thankfully never received correspondence from um, Disney or anyone related to. I meant a positive sense. I mean, I'm... <laughs> yeah, no, we haven't. Um, I know that um, when Harry Shearer was doing some touring um, a little while ago, that a friend of mine who works in the press mentioned us to him and 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 kind of spruiked us to him so i know that different people have been informed of us but we've avoided any real direct confrontation especially now disney's in charge they want that money yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) all right well we will let you go to set up your I know you said it wasn't a racing car bed, but it, surely it is, right? For the for the for the listeners, I think, <laughs> I think it's important we 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 let them know that it is a race car bed. Yes, but we will plug the gigs that are coming up. So this Friday in Adelaide at the Unibar Seventeenth uh, in Melbourne. If you're in Melbourne, check them out at Shot Kickers and in Geelong this Sunday, wrapping up the tour. How often do you play Geelong? I feel like you played here what about a month ago, a couple months yeah, ago. Yeah, we play it pretty regularly. It's pretty much our hometown. Um, yeah. Our brother, my brother Joel's from um, Portland. The drummer's living down in Torquay, and our guitarist in Geelong, our bass player's in Geelong as well. So it's easy for us to play a Geelong show. And Sunday's shows in all ages, which is the first time we've done that. So no booze, um, uh, free entry if you're under 12. Like try and actually do a do a proper show where people can bring the kids along and melt some minds. If you come to the uh, Geelong gig, guys, promise to dress up as Dr. Colossus. So. Huge. <laughs> He's always he's halfway there. <laughs> well, Joe, it's been a pleasure, mate. Uh, thanks for joining us, and best of luck with the rest of the tour, mate. Lovely to speak to you both. Keep thanks up the good work. Right. Take care. Cheers, man. See ya. Shh.